Welcome to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We're excited you've joined us as we hear what God has to say to us through Scripture and this message from Pastor Park. This is your first time with us. You're in for something that's new and exciting. And, and if this isn't your first time with us, there's also something new and exciting for you, partly because we've found another gospel. You see, for almost two and a half years, we've been studying the Gospel of Luke. And we've been following the life of Jesus from his birth through his ministry. Inching closer to just hours away from his death on the cross. We'll return there next week. But today, I, I want to step away from Luke and share with all of you, the vision God is unfolding for Benton Heights Presbyterian Church. And yet it, it all goes back to and is centered on what is known as the Great Commission. We'll read it in just a moment, but it is literally the last three verses of the Gospel of Matthew. In a nutshell, Jesus is saying, go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them, and I'm with you always. Upon hearing that, many of us would say, yeah, no, I already knew that before you even started summarizing. When you said Great Commission, I could have said that was pretty much what it was. And probably just as many of us could say, you know what, I believe in it. Yes, Jesus says that's what we should be doing. And that's what we said 19 years ago when we relocated here. We wanted a mission statement that set us on the right track, and that mission statement is still uh, appears each monthly newsletter, the Great Commission forms the basis of that mission statement. So yes, we know it. We believe in it. And we've never really <coughs> acted on it, at least not nearly to the extent that we are capable of. You see, that's what Ken Pretty sparked in us <coughs> on a weekend in June of last year. Ken is a, an expert in church revitalization. He's on staff with our presbytery, our geographical uh, body. And he is sought after all across the nation in many denominations throughout churches and seminaries. Basically, the question that Ken poses that we need to answer by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit is this. How do we, at Benton Heights Presbyterian Church, live out the Great Commission? Maybe we even need to step back and ask a different question, more basic. Why is it important that we would even go after the Great Commission? I mean, aren't we a good church? A strong, healthy church? Aren't we friendly and caring? A church that goes out and, and loves on each other in many ways, yes. Don't we look for ways to be involved in the community and make a difference? Yes. Can't we just keep doing what we're doing? Yes, we can. And you know why we'd be prone to keep doing what we're doing? Because it's comfortable. But Jesus' mission was and is to seek and save the lost. 
That's Luke 19.10, by the way. I still had to get Luke in there. Jesus' mission was and is to seek and save the lost, and he sends us on a mission to do the same. Now, that doesn't mean that we stop caring for each other. It doesn't mean that we stop looking for ways in which we grow in our walk with the Lord. But here's the big idea. That caring, that growing is only a part of it. There's so much more that God is calling us to be and do. Now, with that set up, you're thinking, okay, where's Paul going with this? Because it sounds like we're going to step into the unknown, and this could be a little scary. Actually, it should be exciting. Because we forever have two promises of Jesus, his authority and his presence. And those two promises are contained in the Great Commission. All right, we've hinted at it, we've, we've hit all around it. So what is it that Matthew details for us? What is it that Jesus says? What is this great commission that Matthew's gospel ends with? And just before we get to that text, what we're about to read happens just days after the Easter event. Jesus has died on the cross in our place for our sins. On the third day, he rises. Because death cannot keep him. The tomb cannot contain him. And on that resurrection Sunday, the risen Jesus meets some of his women followers. And he says to them, go and tell my disciples that they are to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Then verse 16 of Matthew 28. Then the 11 disciples Remember, Judas is not in the picture anymore. The 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now, scholars are divided on that last part. Who doubted? Was it that the 11 disciples all worshipped, but Matthew was trying to tell us, well, there are some others that were there that also doubted? Or was it some of the 11 doubted? As in, is this really Jesus? Or could it have been that some of those 11 disciples doubted that they worshipped Jesus through their doubt? No one knows for sure. But what is important is that Jesus was the object of their worship and that's the first pillar, if you will, of this text. Worship. You see, the Bible is very clear. There is only one true God. And only He, He alone, is to be worshipped. And Jesus was worshipped, that word appears, only one other time prior to His resurrection. You see, as much as the disciples struggled to understand who Jesus was in his earthly ministry, it's only after a personal encounter with the risen Lord that they were convinced who Jesus truly is. The same is true for us. It's only after you and I have a personal encounter with the risen Lord when he becomes real to us. 
then we are convinced that he is who he truly says he is. That Jesus really is God with us. That he really was more than a teacher. He is Lord. That he is the Son of God, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the one about whom Daniel wrote some 600 years prior. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Jesus himself repeats this in our passage from Matthew. After the eleven disciples reached him, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. Now this is the Great Commission. This is Jesus' command, his mandate, his commission, first to the eleven, and then through them to us, go and make disciples of all nations. So discipleship is the second pillar from our text. And although these disciples are to remain <coughs> disciples themselves, that is, followers of Jesus who are to grow in knowledge and daily holy living through an intimate relationship with Jesus, they are also to do disciple, to help others learn and grow in their walk with Christ. <coughs> Things like putting into practice what they have learned by studying and staying in and living out God's Word. By continuing to make an impact by being in prayer themselves and teaching others how to communicate with God through prayer. That they would understand correct doctrine, teach it, so that they can refute false doctrine. They will be able to be difference makers to their community and beyond, so that they are actively involved, being in service to neighbor in the name of Jesus. For Jesus said elsewhere, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. The key is that we do what we do in the name of Jesus. <coughs> Otherwise, we're no different than any social club and any other gathering. We do what we do in the name of Jesus. So our discipleship has this as its goal, that we would be <coughs> world changers to the good news of Jesus Christ. All right, understood in this first phrase of the Great Commission, to go and make disciples of all nations is the third pillar of outreach. <coughs> we are instructed to go, to go and be a blessing. In our case, to go and invite others in to see and hear and experience the good news of Jesus Christ for themselves. <coughs> and then to also go out, us, go out and meet the needs of those outside the church. So that they would be introduced to the love of Jesus. They would be introduced to the one who died to forgive them of their sins and free them from their sin 
their past, their guilt, and live transformed lives by the grace of God. Outreach then are all the events that we host on a regular <coughs> basis that brings the community in. Events like the barbecue, Vacation Bible School, Samaritan's Feet, the Fall Festival, the Monthly Food Pantry, the Alpha Course. And outreach is all the ministries that we engage in outside these walls, the Operation Christmas Child Shoeboxes, the reaching out to the homeless and others that we did most recently in downtown Monroe, or the West Virginia trips, or any of the missions we support with tangible supplies, presents, volunteers. But again, our outreach is only outreach if it includes this very important component, and this is our fourth pillar, the announcing of God's good news. We call it evangelism. Man, just the mere mention of that word in a Presbyterian church sends this room into just shivers. Some of you are going to have the notion that evangelism is going to the busiest intersections downtown, holding up signs that say, you're going to hell. Well, if evangelism is about good news, that's not good news. Besides, it's not up to any of us to save anyone. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Ours is to simply tell the Jesus story. To plant the seed that will elicit a response, hopefully a response of faith and obedience by the power of the Holy Spirit. Outreach is great, but by itself, it's only good works. <coughs> we want good works that point to Jesus. Evangelism is simply giving someone a clear message of who Jesus is and what he came to do. So that we are then baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I, Jesus, have commanded you. We've taken all together these four components, these four pillars. Sure seem like a daunting task. How could we ever get any of those four right, much, well, much, much less get them done well? I'll tell you. Actually, Jesus has already told us. Remember verse 18. We are already under his authority. Before he sends anyone out. It's his authority that is first. Furthermore, we get to live out and go on mission with his powerful presence, the way that Matthew ends the gospel, Jesus says, surely I am with you always, the very end of the age. Taking our cue from the Great Commission, our vision statement then is this. Loving Jesus, 
You see, he's got to be the priority in our lives. It's all about him. Loving Jesus through worship. Worship is the most important thing we do as a church. And worship is not a time frame. Worship isn't just 845 to 945 or 11 to 12. Worship is about our adoration, devotion, praise, honor, and love of the only one who is worthy. God the Father, God the Son, who is Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. Loving Jesus through worship and discipleship. Discipleship is our own ongoing walk with Christ while enabling others to grow in their walk with Christ. And then the second line, the second part of that is, first of all, sharing his love. Again, first, foremost, always, it's about Jesus. Sharing his love through outreach, where everything we do has to take into consideration the unreached. Let me share with you how that's going to work this coming Friday. There's a barbecue. Now, I'm not going to give a sermon. Don't worry. I'm not going to have a cut out there with a the tape recorder going. We don't even have TVs installed in there. And there's no you know, repeat of a sermon. But here's what we want to do. We know that the lunch crowd is, is the busiest, from 11.30 to 1. About every 20 minutes, uh, I'm just going to kind of interrupt everybody and just say, hey, we're glad that you're here. I just want to have a, a prayer over everybody that's here. We'll pray, and I'll just simply say, if there's anything else that you want prayer for, or you want to talk to any of us, <coughs> we're here for you. Weather permitting, as cars are coming through the drive-through line, There'll be somebody out there, and as they're waiting, we'll just come up to them and just greet them, welcome them, and say, hey, is there anything that we can pray for you? It's outreach. It's bringing in Jesus to what we're about. And it's simply saying, hey, come and be a part of things with us. On every to-go box, there is... There's a piece of paper on the front of it, on top of it. It's going to share about our church. It's something really simple. A couple more thoughts then. Sharing his love through outreach and evangelism. Could have guessed that was coming. It's telling others about the good news of Jesus Christ. Why? Because only in Jesus Christ is there true joy in the midst of any circumstance. Only in Jesus Christ is there real freedom from sins and our past and our guilt and our shame. Only in Jesus Christ is there the promise of eternity in a forever kingdom. A couple more thoughts about this vision statement. There it is in its entirety. If we were to summarize these two lines, it's simply about loving God in Jesus and loving others. That summary is the summary of the Ten Commandments. The first four are about how we love God. The other six are about how we love others. That summary would also be 
what Jesus gives as the answer to what is the greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. Love others. Love God and Jesus. Love others. It's also the rhythm of the book of Acts. The people of God would gather to worship and be taught so that they would scatter in ministry and service and evangelism. Gather and scatter, gather and scatter. This is the vision God is giving us by which we will assess all of our efforts and ministries and programs and events. So as you might guess, this is only the beginning. We have arrived. God has so much more for us to accomplish for Him. Now that's the vision statement. What about the logo? The brand of Benton Heights Presbyterian Church, if you will. Well, hopefully you would guess this as well. The logo is going to incorporate the vision statement. Worship is our foundation and what we are created to do. And our building is the space entrusted to us to gather for worship. Discipleship is represented by the cross because it's about true life transformation centered around being a follower of Jesus Christ. Outreach is represented by the roof. It's our cover. As well as we seek to cover our community with the love of Jesus. And finally, evangelism is represented by the light. Because it's sharing Jesus, who is the light of the world. What you're also supposed to see in this image, taken as a whole, is the depiction of the front of our building. If you were on 601 looking this way. Though we can't contain the detail of the ascension window in that logo, it would be too much. It nonetheless is a visual reminder to associate that logo with this church. Now, granted, that's not going to have the same name recognition as, say, oh, the gold arches of McDonald's. Not yet. Not yet. But we believe in time. The association of that logo with our church will be made. As the praise team comes in. <coughs> Again. It's only the beginning. It's the beginning of a new vision for us. Actually, it's, it's an old vision. It's 2,000 years old. stepping into it. It's the beginning of a new logo. Today is also the launch of a brand new website. Go online and check it out as soon as I'm finished. Or, okay, not praise me. We've also recently begun a visitor welcoming team. And lastly, following the service, 
please make your way to the fellowship hall. You're used to doing that after this early service because of the refreshment and, and fellowship time. <coughs> but there are decals and handouts to give away, as well as t-shirts that have that logo on it for sale for $10 a piece. Not as a fundraiser. This isn't to make money on. It's part, it's just simply being a part of a great commission church. We hope you found this message to be encouraging. We'd love for you to join us on Sunday mornings. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and at bhprez.org for more information.